Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Well, met fellow adventurers, we are back with Sir Croakington to do another adventure called A Cold Winter's Night. A midwinter storm howls furiously, draping a thick blanket of white across the north broadlands. You've trekked through the heart of the blizzard for many long hours, headed south along the deserted forest road towards the city of Trithic. Embark on this adventure. A midwinter storm howls furiously, draping a thick blanket of white across the north broadlands. You've trekked through the heart of the blizzard for many long hours, headed south along a deserted forest road towards the city of Trithic. I wonder, is this one of the roads as like that I hoped made safe from bandit, from bandits, and then the undead they accidentally unleashed earlier? Could be. As the icy wind cuts into your exposed face, your thoughts turn to a hot mug of paleo, the warm glow of a crackling fire. Two things you hope to confront before the frigid night is out. Yes, because otherwise I'll just accidentally enter some sort of hibernation. And that's just awkward. You know, it's showing out to hibernate. And then you wake up and six months have passed. And everyone's like, where were you? I was hibernating by accident. (laughs) Again? Suddenly, a bright flash of blue light in the woods to the west of the road illuminates the snow-covered landscape. The echoing rumble of thunder accompanies the flash. Without hesitation, you set off to the west. West, moving quickly through through a belt of tall, snow-covered pines in the direction of the flash. Now and again, you hear what sounds like shouting ahead through the trees. The sound is somewhat muffled and distorted by the cover of snow. You reach the edge of a wide belt of pines and step into a large clearing. 
your eyes are immediately drawn to the centre of the overgrown meadow. Whereupon they come to rest on a source that flash and rumble. A sight that is altogether unexpected. Surrounding an overturned wagon at the centre of the clearing are over a dozen shrieking cave goblins. The foul creatures howl with malicious glee as they thrust their crude weapons at a sizable figure. Robed in red, standing atop the overturned wagon. The robed figure is swatting at the goblins with a long wooden staff that is still smouldering at one end. You count 14 goblins surrounding the wagon, and note the charred corpses of 9 of, of the savage humanoids litter the ground nearby. Huh? So you got, he's got nearly half of them. The white-bearded man atop the wagon, a mage of some sort by your estimation, appears to be tiring in his effort to defend himself. You sense it won't be long before the goblins overpower him. Well, once your Neville reserve is out, it's out. Now, if I had magic, I could help. I, I have magic, but I don't have the right magics. Because the magics you need are illusion... Elementalism, fortification, and necromancy. Move into the clearing and attack the goblins. So I'll just have to do this the hard way. Move across the clearing towards the unsuspecting goblins, hoping that the element of surprise will be on your side for this bold attack. Picking a number. Bonus of 20 from woodmanship. Pick now! 67. The cave goblins do not detect your approach until it is too late. You attack the first two goblins that you reach, taking them completely by surprise. Hello, cave goblins. The goblins shriek with rage and slash at you with their crude blades. And now they are stabbed, and they fall down dead. 1xp. The bloodied remains of your foes sink into the snow at your feet, and you quickly move towards the remaining goblins, hoping to draw their attention from the maid stranded atop the overturned wagon. The goblins have indeed taken notice of you, and three of them stalk towards you through the drifting snow, the stone tips of their wooden spears levelled at you. You brazenly can prepare for combat against three cave goblins. Oof! <laughs> I stab, I stab one so hard, I go through the next one behind him. But there's one left, and he was gonna kind of graze the third one. They really shouldn't have been in a line. And then I finish off the third. You have slain your foe. To XP. As the lifeless bodies of your enemies topple to the ground about you, the remaining goblins, eager to put a distance between themselves, and such a deadly foe. Tell and turn and flee into the darkness. All but one. From the shadows at one corner of the overturned wagon. There emerges a large cave goblin. Cha clad in, cha in chain armour. Wielding a stout axe. He snarls viciously. Exposing a mouthful of sharp rotting teeth. He step steps boldly towards your. Kuldzik does not run from the tiny, 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 tiny hold, he sneers. 
I'll pick, I'll cut off your hands and wear them for my belt, swine. <laughs> wait. <laughs> wait, 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 your, your hands are too small. I'll just wear all of you, all of you. Upon hearing his chilling words, your eyes are drawn to the goblin's thick leather belt, on which dangles a large assortment of skeletal hands. You've no doubt the foul being has murdered dozens of humans through his cruel existence, and it is such cruelty you're determined to make him pay for here and now. You prepare for a brutal contest as the cave goblin warrior charges at you. It's Kulzik, beginning combat. Alright. I'll wear your hand then. See how you like it. The, cave, the goblin warrior hacks at you with his axe. And he hacks some more. Oh, he's, both arms are crippled now. Uh, and he's on his knees. And he is slain. Or she. Don't know. You don't, I don't know how you, how, you, how you gender goblins. Or even if they have genders. 34 XP, with a pitiful whimper, the mighty warrior goblin slumps the snow at your feet. You step back from his bloodied form and quickly scan the cleaning clearing for any sign of his kin, but nothing else moves on the snowy landscape. The man atop the overturned wagon, a white-bearded, while the wetowned individual in red robes, climbs down and moves over to you. His wide face decorated with broad slime, with, with a broad smile. The man introduces himself as Wengol and bows deeply before you. Well met, and I dare say not a moment too soon, he says, meeting you with a shoulder cross. These goblins had me in a bad way there. Ah, uh, and let there be no doubt. Note. Used up the last of my magic on them just before you left, before you arrived. Wengel told you he was on his way to the northern part of the kingdom when he was waylaid by a winter storm. He told you the goblins set upon him as he entered his clearing. The horses bolted and the wagon flipped over, as you can see, he frowns. Awful creatures those goblins are. By any account, I say there's not much fouler than a goblin these days. Well, never mind my wambling. You've done me enough favours already. Come on, come on over to the wagon for a moment. You cautiously trail behind the web road mage as he approaches the overturned wagon. Wengel drinks around in the snow beneath the wagon and retrieves a long, bulging cloth sack which he had set, which he sets at his feet. He loosens the rope that cinches the top, revealing many cloth wrap bonds within. Tells you to reach in and select a bundle for yourself. Any bundle you like, he asks hastily. Very least I can do, of course. You reach into the sack and retrieve one of the cloth-wrapped bundles. You unfurl the cloth to reveal a ring of might, which gives might plus three. Hmm. I don't want that. Oh, oh, this is a random drop thing. You thank Wengel for the gifts, gift, but he shakes his head and smiles. Thank you, friend, he says. Tis a warmer season with folk like you about. Wengel turns to face his overturned wagon. 
and suddenly blue sparkles leap from the tip of his tall wooden staff, swimming like fireflies in the frosty air. A cloud of sparkles descends upon the wagons, their colour changing from blue to purple. Suddenly there's a bright flap, flash, and the wagons subside. Brilliance subsides, the sparkles are gone. But the up- upturned wagon is now up right. Well now, beams the mage triumphantly. See if I can't wound up this team of mine. Wingle inserts two fingers into mouth and whistles loudly three times. Moments later, four magnificent grey stallions trot into the clearing and stand before their wagon, their eyes resting expectantly on their master. Have us failed yet? He laughs. Help me hitch them up, will you? There's a good lass. With, with the team we hitched, Wengel climbs aboard the wagon and takes hold of the wains. The four horses stamp impatiently in the snow. The harness bell is the only sound in the quiet of the wood. I'd offer you a ride, but it seems our paths take us in the opposite directions. Stay safe, be warm, warm, and try to stay out of mischief. I don't think I'm going to do that. In fact, I don't think I'm going to actively seek out mischief. So I can stop it. Always good advice. Fare thee well. Wengel flicks the wains, and you watch as the wagon lurches off along the snowy forest road. You glance around the clearing, and then back towards the departing wagon, when you are shocked to discover that it's no longer anywhere to be seen, somewhere far through the dark trees. You can barely hear what sounds like the jingle of far, jingle of harness bells. Still, still puzzling over the strange encounter, you make your way back to the road on which you were travelling. Resume your long, cold trek to Trithic. Now that is the end of that adventure, but that's not the end I wanted. So, I'm going to just quickly rush through it again. And see if I can get a better prize. Cold winter's night. Here we are. Quick. Can't use magic. Alright. As you draw near to the two cave goblins, two of the cruel humanoids spot your approach and charge towards you. Their crude swords poised to strike you down. Yeah, two cave goblins, they're probably slightly tougher, but not tough enough. They are slain. Alright, three three cave goblins. Frost their crude spears at you. They are also slain. Here's Kuldzig. With his skeleton skeleton hand belt. Take that. Down you go. 34 XP. Uh, uh, he talks. Ooh, Knight's Breastplate. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. That's 8 stamina points. Millie, it is 24 encumbrance. But, that's a definite improvement over what I previously had. Uh, of course, it, none, of, not, none of the stuff you get here is as good as unmatched plate. But, oh, let's equip the Knight Breastplate. And that has risen my stamina by four points. And of course, of course, I say, wait a minute. This is way too large. Oh, well, I'm, well, I'll just fix that. Zip. And then it fits. 
yeah, I had to, he had to magically shrink it for me. Yeah. Yeah, and there we go. He, he calls his horses. And there we are, that's the end of the adventure. And I've got some better, I've got some better equipment for that. There we are, we now have slightly more health. What else to do? Hmm. <laughs> now there's, there is. Hmm. It's something small, something small. Uh, Mugspurl ventures there. Okay, what about an unpleasant encounter? The man's face turns to a deep-shaped shape of crimson, and you sense he is resolved to have it out with you, here and now. You feel it's it is time someone taught this obnoxious brute a lesson. Alright, embark on this adventure. While passing by the scribe shop, a man balancing a tall armload of scrolls and papers steps out onto the street and walks straight into you. The guy seems he was carrying fly into the air and lands on the ground in great dismay. Though it's not your fault. And you're about to politely apologise to the man and lend your hand picking up his belonging when he suddenly begins cursing at you and threatens to soundly thrash you. The man's face turns bright red and his heavily muscled frame quivers in the throes of self-induced rage. Okay, okay, I'll... Apologise? Swallowing your pride in an effort to stave off the unprecedented conversation, you offer an apology to the man and offer to open and gather up his scattered items. He continues to insult you and he stabs your chest with his thick index finger. Finger. It's apparent that this enraged brute is spoiling for a fight. Alright, alright, okay. Teach the obnoxious man some manners. That's enough de escalating for now. Having had quite enough of the man's insulting manner, you feel it is time that you did something to teach his obnoxious brute a few manners. As if the man can sense you about to act, he draws a wooden club and holds at his waist while his eyes carefully study your every move. So, if I had telekinesis, elementalism or thievery, I could use those, but I don't, so I can't. Have it out with the obnoxious brute. Your opponent, who seems to relish the idea of a fight, takes several swipes to do with his club as you draw within range. It was all to merely teach this uncouth brute a lesson, humility, and thus will be attempting to subdue him. Ugh, fighting an obnoxious brute is a non-lethal combat. The man swipes at you with an iron rod, and down he goes. He is defeated. 10xp. A small gathering of onlookers that have stopped to witness the violent spectacle. Cheer as your defeated opponent slowly regains his feet. He has been beaten soundly, his lofty ego battered as much as his body. The man gathers up his scattered, scattered arms and turns to face you before he departs. It is unwise to cross the sign of the seven. He stares staring at you with cold, murderous eyes. You will learn to fear your own shadow, fool. The man departs into the crowd, and the onlookers who had paused to 
to watch confrontation resume their respective affairs. You wonder what the man meant by the sign of the seven. You mull over his parting words as you once again set off on your way. Ah, what could it be? What is this sign of the seven? Well, we, no one's found out yet. He might have just been bluffing the entire time. Now that strange statue. Touch the pommel. Four XP to general. Touched it five times. Total, once you've touched it ten times, three times, you get a, you get something you get something extra. But that'll be a while off yet. Yeah. Alright. Visit the town magistrate. Alright, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, here's a little adventure to do. Adventures for this location. Trebwin's trouble. You learn that a local paleo merchant may have cause to fear for his life. Start the adventure. While paying a visit to the magistrate, he tells you that a friend of his, a paleo merchant named Tribbin, came to him just this morning with a troubling and perplexing issue. I had little time to devote to his tale, said the magistrate. It seemed rather fantastic at that. Yet he left claiming he felt his life might be in danger. And if you would pay him a visit, would certainly have had to set his set set his mind at ease, and mine as well. I consider it a great favour, Sir Croakington. You tell the magistrate that you that you will gladly pay a visit to his friend. The magistrate tells you how to find Tribbin's place, and you set out for it at once. You meet with Tribbin's self-setter inside of the small shop that sits between several large warehouses down next to the wither. He's at first sceptical of your arrival, but when he learns you've come at the behest of the magistrate, his mood completely changes and he quickly apologises. You'll forgive me, I beg, he says warily. I haven't found sleep in almost three nights. Tobin tells you he's a paleo merchant by trade, who buys the bounty of the local harvest and ships it down wither to buyers in the southern reaches of the kingdom. When you inquire about the nature of his trouble, he sighs deeply, as if he's reluctant to tell you the story. He places both hands on his hips, nods, and begins to lay it all out. You learn the trouble began three nights ago, when he saw something while working in his sewage cellar below the ship. Something he scarcely believed at the time. Something he wishes he had never seen. Trebin tells you that he'd been in the cellar organising a few paleo treatments for the next day, with the eerie feeling he was being watched came over him. Turned around quickly, only to be horrified at the sight that confronted him, setting only ten feet from him, what he could only describe as a hulking, human-sized rat-man. It was no Kagari, he says, and I know that they are certainly real enough. This was a savage beast, perhaps less human than rat, and nearly as wide as an ogre at the shoulders. You listen with great interest as Turbin describes the creature as having an unmistakable foul odour and a mouthful of jagged teeth from which a thick yellow ooze dripped. A frozen utter horror, he said, and the beast just stood there, Staring at me, then, quick as all that, he turned, tipped into the shadows, 
and was gone. Tobin tells you he was afraid to mention the horrifying encounter to anyone, for he feared they, they might justifiably think him mad. Whether he did ask his wife and, and, and his clerk, a man named Tranmar, but neither of them had seen or heard anything. Learned that Tranmar has left town on a series of business errands, and, and that he was quite glad to get away from the shop. The whole incident sat, sat quite badly with the poor fellow, Commerce Tribbin. Who would admit it to me, of course, but he was positively terrified by the story of what I had seen. His wife's urging, he went to see his friend, the magistrate, and he says that he is now glad that he did. You don't seem terrified in the least, he remarks with some degree of amazement. You really can't know what your presence here means to me. Do you think you would have a look down there? You told Tobin that it would be best for you to spend the night in the cellar, see what comes of it. He agrees, and, and he agrees with a good deal of relief. And after a hearty meal with him and his wife, you descend this, the ladder into the cellar of the shop, for what you feel is likely to be a long and lonely vigil. You briefly explore the cellar, and discover the only way in and out of it other than the stairs leading up to the shop, is a set of wooden doors that lead out onto a small stony landing at the edge of the weather. The opening covered by the door is quite wide, and you quickly surmise it was used to move shipments of paleo out of the cellar and onto weatherborne vessels. You settle down in the dark corner of the cellar and begin your watch. It is just after midnight when a sudden sound in its direction chin of the ladder startles you out of a light slumber. Through the gloom you can make out a tall, lanky figure carefully descending the ladder. When the figure reaches the bottom, it turns briefly in a direction. Based on the description of Trimian Gayhu, you estimate this must be the clerk Tramar. You awoke and wait a minute. He's supposed to be away. Oh, oh maybe you... Maybe he left something. You are well concealed in the shadowy corner, and Tramar takes no notice of you. He looks back up the ladder for a moment, before moving off behind a stack of crated paleo. After a few moments, you can hear the wooden doors that lead to the wither's edge slowly creaking open. An instant later, you hear the murmur of several voices, and sound of more than one pair of feet stepping into the altar. Stepping into the cellar. <laughs> There's no altar around here. Suddenly, a vicious, glossal snarl makes your heart skip a beat. As a sinister, hulking shape looms out of the shadows on the far side of the cellar. You stare in disbelief as the hulking shape moves to stand at the base of the ladder leading up to the shop. It's the very mat-wat man that Twibbin described. A foul odour reaches you at this distance of over two dozen feet. And you can plainly see the creature's scarred lips drawn tightly over a mouthful of jagged teeth. A thick yellow ooze runs from the corners of its mouth and drips onto its hairy torso. Save for the rhythmic rising and falling of its chest, the hideous beast remains still at the foot of the ladder. Several voices can be heard talking in harsh whispers from behind the sack. The stack of crated paleo. Wait, wait, why aren't they fleeing in terror? 
They should be fleeing in tower. Something's going on here. Step out the shadows and make your presence known. You boldly step up the shadows and stride towards the Watman. The horrifying beast turns to face you and snarls viciously. Does not make any attempt to come at you. Hmm. Odd. Seize initiative and attack the vicious rat beast. You leap forward and attack the foul beast. The vicious rat man crawls at you savagely. This is a vicious rat beast. And I'm going to stab it. It is slain. With 66B. With your final blow, the rat beast vanishes into thin air. What? Well, I expect you to leap something. You realise that it was nothing more than an elaborate illusion. In the wake of your victory, a great deal of commotion erupts from the other side of the stack of crates. You quickly move in that direction to see what it is. You step around the corner of the stack and witness four men and the clerk Tramar in a process of moving several crates of paleo through the open set of doors into the stony ground next to the wither. In the instant, you have formed a conclusion. These men, with the aid of Treban's, Treban's trusted clerk, Tramar, have been stealing his valuable store of paleo and somehow creating the illusionary rat manor's cover. Oh no, stealing something vaguely equivalent to tea? That will not stand! That will not stand! Apparently, thrown into a panic by the defeat of their clever illusion, three of the men scramble through the doors and disappear into the night, followed closely by the fourth, around whose neck dangles a faintly glowing amulet. I'd like to have got you, but... I'll settle for Tremar, abandoned flat by his cohorts in crime. Only Tremar remains. And after all, yours is not just thievery. It's also a betrayal. Without uttering a word, Tremar draws a knife and steps menacingly towards you, perhaps testing your resolve. When you so show no sign of losing your, your nerve, the slender crook drops his weapon and breaks for the ladder, throwing him down just as he reaches the foot of it. For determined to only render him incapable of escape, Dramor draws a small life and swipes at you with it. Since he is not a trained combatant, but he would not hesitate to slay you if it would guarantee his escape. This is Tramar, and he is in way over his head. Yes, yes, he, he, I think even a regular toad could probably take him. You know, a toad which is also a, an incredibly powerful adventurer. Begin combat. Well, gotta knock him out. Tamar haplessly attempts to counter your attack. Huh. You got a blow in. Good on you, Tramar. Good on you. You got one blow in. Good on you. You have subdued your foe. One XP to general, because he's just that weak. Tramar slumps to the Grisella for unconscious. A quick search of his body turns up a pouch of gold. Ah, I've got 12 gold tokens. Very nice. You move over and secure the doors leading out, of the, out to the wither before climbing the ladder and going to alert Turbin about 
Twebin about this startling turn of events. Twebin, who has not slept a wink, is overjoyed and to relate to him the events of your stellar cellar incursion. He is dismayed to learn that Twemar was involved in the plot to loot his precious paleo. He says that he will send for the authorities at once. It is unsettling to know, know that they were prowling around down there, he says. But any fool would choose thieves over a wat beast. An illusion, did you say? Incredible. The grateful merchant thanks hands you a cloth sack containing a good amount of gold. One hundred gold. Well done again, sir, Crokington, he says. Give my regard to our friend, the magistrate, when you see him next. And I get 16 XP to general as well. And that finishes this quest. Alright, maybe there's more to do, more to do. Well, if we've dealt with we've dealt with a fake rats, that just makes me want to go after the real thing. So the next adventure is the Wat Den. You thought you spelled a rat. Start the adventure. This could be normal or scaled. I'll go normal. Embark on this adventure. Early one autumn evening. The Trader's Den Tavern, Milkspore. The man you've come here to speak with, the behest of the Thane's agent, rises from the table and casts his withering gaze over the surly band gathered in the tavern's main room. It seems your stealthy effort to acquire the information necessary to expose a wing of thieves has been uncovered. The black bearded fellow, his lips curled into an exaggerated sneer, turns back to you and claps his hand to the hilt of his sword. You're asking a lot of questions, he snarls. More than I'm willing to answer. I don't know your game, but I don't like being played for a fool. The bearded man seems about to speak, when suddenly he lowers his head and his entire body shudders violently. Only seconds later, when he again looks up at you, horrified to be staring at the fiendish face of a Kogari. As a dart as the half dozen men seated nearby leap to their feet, the rat man draws his sword and hurls himself at you in a vicious, frenzied attack. This is a Kogari rogue, and it's going down. The Kogari slashes at you with his blade, and is slain. 5 XP you step to the side and watch with mounting horror as all six of the remaining men rapidly undergo transforma transformations identical to that of the man now laying at your feet. Snarling viciously, the half-dozen Kogari swarm towards you. Kogari Wogue, one of six, slashes at you with his blade and is slain. 5 XP. The second Kagar is immediate upon you, his dagger flashing wildly as he attempts to cut your throat. Alright, this is scale plus 8, brutal stroke for 11 damage. And I've slain him, but it was very close. He defiantly engaged the third Watman, Kagari Wogue. 3 of 6. 
Alright. Taking you down and slain. Here we are, on to the fourth. Kagari bounds over the bloodied remains of his slain companions and attacks. Honestly, I think by that stage, he should just one. Just one. Yo, you, you're probably good at that. Just, just, just one. One fast. One far. Go to the woods, all the sewers, or wherever it is wax can be, and not get themselves stabbed by a, by a toad. Kagari The Kagari slashes it to his blade, and is also slain. You twist to the side, narrowly dodging the lungy attack of the fifth Kagari. The vicious Matman snarls a curse at you as you deputy counter his assault. Here's number five of six. Slashes you with his blade and is slain. 5 XP. Well, now I can heal. And I will. Now I'm not getting that much healing done because my restoration isn't leveled up yet. The last of Kukari, having apparently lost his nerves, turns and rushes towards the tavern's back door. You've only seven to prevent the murderous creature's escape. Picking a number. Bonus of 33. 18 from agility, 8 from body, 7 from luck. Gotta get 60 or more, or he gets away! And that cannot be allowed. Pick now. 82, 6. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Success. You leap to the top of the nearby table and spring forward, landing nimbly in front of the fleeing Kagari. The Ratman shrieks in alarm and launches a lunging attack, savagely assailing you with tooth and claw. This is a Kagari, the last Kagari woke, and he's going down. The Kagari attacks you with tooth and claw. Yeah, curious. They're actually getting weaker as I fight more of them. Rather than strong, which they usually get. Hmm. It's almost as if, if he's lost his nerve. Yes. Yes, it's actually with tooth and claw, and is slain. 5 XP. The Kagari staggers back and collapses, leave behind a wide, bloody smear on the wall as he turns, slumps to the floor. Spinning to your white, you're startled to find a mace wielding Kagari charging at you. Ooh, 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 I don't, I might not better deal with this one. Here we are. It's a Kogari. And it's a 16 plus roll. Which means, uh, time for a Neville Energy Blast. Unfortunately, I haven't leveled it up much either, so. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm taking this one on too soon. Yep, killed, killed. I took this on too soon. Oh, well. And I think I I lost lost a bit of progress. Yeah, I'm back in Twithic now, so... 
Well, a whole load of stuff didn't actually happen. Wait, did I even finish a cold winter's night? Oh, I didn't even finish. I didn't even save after that. Okay, I'm going to quickly watch through that again. Alright, because I really want to keep something. Two cave goblins. Well, yep. Oh, that's certain to your save regularly. Because you never know when you might get unlucky or fight you do a quest in the wrong order and end up losing 54 minutes of gameplay. Here's, here's, here's Mr. Skeleton Hands. Skeleton hand belt, and he is slain. 34 XP. I get a knight's dagger. Oh, that's no good. That's no good at all. Well, it is a dagger, but I have a, I have a dagger that's just as good. And magical. So, no, I won't, won't be taking that. Alright. Well, anyway, I'll be... Well, that, that's, it. that's enough for today. Alright, alright. Off screen, I'll just keep playing that until I get the item I want. I'm really looking for the knight's leggings. Because you can also get a pretty decent piece of armor. Anyway, I'm going to pause. Okay, I've just kept doing that a few dozen times. And I've gone and got the knight's breastplate again. I'll settle for that. Okay, and then I'm going to save because I don't want to do that again. He rounds up his team, and off he goes. And I, and I get 256 experience again. Now, save. <laughs> it's very important. Because I'll, because, well, it's just a matter of time until I bump into something that's too tough for me. Or I, uh, forget and load up a different character or something. Anyhow, how much time are we in? Just over 40 minutes. Let's see, is there anything... We're, well, we're back in Trithic now. Anything to do, anything to Well, there's Dreams and Whispers, which gives you the wonderful, wonderful cube, but you have to have at least 10 skills slash powers at level 50, which pretty much means you end up doing it after a blizzard in, a, in the hills. Because that gives you lots of all skills and powers and experience. There's Kildra's Tomb, that's a big one. There's the Thane's Tournament of Arms. Okay, I think, yeah, yeah let's finish off with that one. Yep. Thane Poland, Overseer of Law and Order of the City of Twithic, as appointed by King Renward of Tulsa, has announced that a tournament of arms is to be held in the arena of blades on the sprawling grounds of Twinned Keep. Here we go. Thane Poland, the overseer of law and order for the city of Trithic, as pointed by King Renard of Tysa, has announced that a tournament of arms is to be held in the arena of blades located on the sprawling grounds of Twinned Keep. The public is welcome to attend the event, and anyone with skill enough to enter it, as well as a hundred gold retainer, may attempt to add his or her name to the list. The grand prize is a magnificent cup, with a, with a ruby-studded whim. It is rumoured that the Thane is using the tournament to find a champion to suit his own purposes. 
You learn the tournament will not feature battles to the death. It's such ghoul, ghoulish entertainment. I'll outlawed in all of Tysa. Instead, combatants must subdue their opponent in a manner that does not suffer the subdued any lasting harm. The use of magic is not allowed. Uh, Alright, so I could have nothing to do with the tournament or enter the tournament as a combatant. Obviously, enter, enter as a combatant. I mean, obviously. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing anything, and that wouldn't be fun for you to hear about. When you inquire about having your name added to the list, you're directed to Trind Keep's Master at Arms. The Master of Arms, a large, heavy-set man with a thick, graying beard, eyes you critically as, as you present your request to him. The tournament lists are open to the names of only 64 combatants, these individuals will vie for the title of tournament champion and the valuable gold cup provided by Thane Poland. He tells you that, that all would-be contestants must prove their mettle in order to have their names added to the list. Your 100 gold token retainer is collected and you are led to a small fenced-off area at the side of the arena where several city guardsmen Guardsmen have set about testing the combat ability of those seeking to enter the tournament. Two burly guardsmen approach. And he has explained that you will test your combat ability inside the fenced off air. Wait, wait a minute. You're a toad. Did the they uh, did the thane say the toads can't enter? No, no he didn't. Well well I guess if he can beat us he can enter. <laughs> Only a few lot spots left on the list, you know, says one of them. As he taps the hilt of a long sword hanging its size. The flat of this blade has kept those spots open just as well. We can't have just any of the wabble that sees, picked, sees fit to pick up a sword, making a mockery of our Thane's tournament. The two guardsmen lead you into fenced off air and draw their long swords. You quickly realise the men intend to simultaneously attack you and you rapidly assume a defensive stance as a small crowd of curious onlookers gather around the perimeter of the fence. You'll not see the less if I've anything to say about it, sneers one of the guardsmen as they close in on you, prepared to strike. Alright, two city guardsmen. Non-lethal combat. The guards strike at you with the flat of their blades, and I strike with the flat of my dagger. <laughs> Somehow. You've defeated your foe. 2 XP. The two city guardsmen collapse to their knees and raise their hands to signal the end of combat. The small crowd gathered around the fence applauds your display of skill as you hope the two men regain their feet. Your wounds are tended to by a skilled healer in the service of Thane Point. Your stamina points are restored to full. If they manage to get a blow in, but they're already full. Well done, friend, says one of the guards. His smile's weak and his demeanour shaken. He leads you back to the Master of Arms, who nods curtly in response to the guard's glowing description of your combat prowess. Your name is added to the tournament lists. And you are once escorted to an area near the contest field, in the middle of the arena, where the other competitors are waiting. 
Alright, now time to put on that armor that I just found. And there he goes. The other competitors are for the most part silent, choosing to keep to themselves, although the few of them extend a quick and cordial greeting to you. The garb of the contestants ranges from the lavish, almost flamboyant, to the plain, the nondescript attire of common folk. Most of the entrants are wielding swords of some sort, although a few are equipped with spears, axes and staves. When at last the final spot on the tournament lists have been filled, you're all addressed by a Thane Porrand, who makes an appearance at the edge of the contest field, surrounded by a contingent of armed guards. You stand here before me this day in the arena of blades, because your skill at arms makes you worthy to vie for victory in a contest of honour, courage and might, announces Thane Porrand as he moves through who is guards to stand directly before the gathered tournament contestants. And although the lists contain the names of 64, today's tournament shall know but one victor. May the All-Father watch over you today, and always. Let us begin this test of warriors. As Thane Poen turns to sm- to leave, he walks up to you and meets you in a shoulder cross. Yeah, we, we, we figured out how to do it. He smiles and shakes his head. I should have expected as much to find yourself amongst this fierce company. Hope to find myself another champion this day. Since one in my position can hardly have too many capable allies. Alas, though, for if there any present here will be hard pressed to find victory against you. Thane Poland wishes you luck and departs. All contestants, including you, are paired off for the first round of battle by Twins Keats Master at Arms. The crowd gathered in the arena of blades erupts in cheers as you and the other 63 contestants walk to the middle of the tournament field to begin the first round of battles. You are soon standing at the edge of a wide square etched into the hard, hard, hard earth opposite your opponent. The Master of Arms raises his hands high above his head, and a chorus of horns sound from all around the arena, signalling the start of the round. With the war, war of the arena crowd echoing in your head, you move into the etched square, prepared to face your opponents in combat. Your first round opponent is a rugged looking farmer from the area north of Twithick. The farmer has long thick arms that are knotted with muscle. He grits his chief teeth as he closes on on you, a long handled axe held across his torso. Alright, I'm fighting a rugged farmer. He's probably got a really epic beard. Long lethal combat, of course. The farmer swipes at you with the flat of his axe, and I just stab, somehow. Not sure exactly how you can do that non-lethally, but I'm not the master warrior, so I don't know about that. Maybe I just, I go somewhere where there's no, I'm just careful to avoid all the major organs and blood vessels and just go for... Just go for fainting by sheer blood loss. Or something like that. Anyway, 
down he goes. 10 XP. The crowd cheers as you tower over the fallen form of the rugged farmer. After taking a gracious bow to the arena spectators, you reach down and help him to his feet. In a show of mutual respects, the two of you meet in a shoulder cross. With the roar of the crowd echoing your hair, you and your opponent move off the field of battle. As you rest and prepare for the next round of the tournament, your wounds and fatigue are tended to by a skilled healer in the service of Thane Porrind. Your rest does not last long, however, for it is soon time to begin the second round of the tournament. Of the field of 64 original contestants, only 32 remain. Looking over the remaining contestants, you see a group of battle-hardened souls who determine more than ever to see through to victory in this test of arms. Thane Porrin's Master of Arms again pairs you off for the next round of the tournament. The crowd gathered in the arena of blades erupts in cheers as you and the remaining 31 contestants walk to the middle of the tournament field to begin the second round of battles. You are soon standing at the edge of a wide square etched into the hard earth opposite your opponent. So uh, I'm not sure, are all these fights happening at the same time or are we taking turns? Hmm, I think think it makes more sense for us to take turns, you know, make a day out of it. Because if if we're dying at the same time, it'll be over in a few hours. And then how, and then how will the, and then how will the, 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 the people who sell rat on a stick, how will they make money? Yeah, and the guy that sells... And the guy that sells frosty ales. Because of course someone's selling something. They're selling... Hey! Roast chicken on a stick! Roast chicken on a stick! One gold for a roast chicken on a stick! Hey, hey, wee! Hey! Get your payload! Get your payload! Jitters, chap! Jitters! Your master at arms raises his hand, hands high above his head, and a chorus of horns and sound from all around the arena, signalling the start of the round. With the roar of the arena crowd echoing your head, you move into the etched square, prepared to face your opponent in combat. Your second round opponent is a brawny mercenary, who wears the emblem of Thane Pond upon his leather breastplate. He brandishes his long scores with excellent expert skill as he moves in to combat towards you. Brawny mercenary. I wonder, have I been seeded? You know, so I so we can put the really exciting combats at the end. Could be, could be. The mercenary swipes you with the flat of his blade. Down he goes. 18 XP. The crowd cheers as you tower over the fallen form of the brawly mercenary. After taking a gracious bow to the weenie spectators, you reach down and help him to his feet. In a show of mutual respect, the two of you meet in a shoulder cross. With, with a roar of the crowd echoing your head, you and opponent move off the field of battle. And while I'm doing that, they're figuring out, they're figuring out chance for me. 
as you rest and prepare for the next round of combat. Your wounds and fatigue attended tended to a skilled healer in the service of Thane Porrent. Your rest does not last for longer. For long, however, for it is soon time to begin the third round of the tournament. On the field of the of the field of sixty four original contestants, only sixteen remain. Looking over the maintaining contestants, you see a group of battle hardened souls who are now determined more than ever to see themselves through to victory in this test of arms. Twin Keeps Master of Arms again pairs you off for the next round of the tournament. The crowd gathered in the arena of blades erupts in cheer as you and the remaining 15 contestants walk into the middle of the tournament field to begin the third round of battles. You are soon standing on the edge of a wide square etched into hard earth opposite your opponent. The Master of Arms raises his hands high above his head and a chorus of horns sound from all around the arena signalling the start of the round. With the roar of the arena crowd echoing your head, you move into the etched square, prepared to face your opponent in combat. Your third round opponent is a tall, thin man from Groudok, wielding a short sword. The man approaches you with caution, his blade at the ready. Alright, it's a blue cape swordsman. Yep, yep, capes are cool. Immediately they get stuck in a lot of things, but they're cool. Which makes up for it. He attacks you with the flat of his blade. And I. Uh, I don't know. I spin my dagger around. And blonk him with the pommel maybe. Maybe that. Could be that. Yeah that's, that's probably it. Yep. And anyway. He is defeated. The chorus cheers as you. 34 XP. The chorus cheers as you tower over the fallen form the blue cape swordsman after taking a gracious brow to the arena spectators he reached down and helped him up help him to his feet in a show of mutual respects the two of you meet in a shoulder cross with the roar of the crowd echoing in your head you and your opponent move off the field of battle your standard points are restored to full by fame points healers your rest does not last long, however, for it is soon time to begin the fourth round of combat. Of the field of 64 original contestants, only eight remain. Looking over the remaining contestants, you see a group of battle-hardened souls who are now determined more than ever to see themselves through to victory in this test of arms. Thane Poland's Master of Arms again pairs you off for the next round of the tournament. A crowd gathered in the arena of blades erupts in, in cheer as you and your remaining seven contestants walk to the middle of the tournament field to begin the fourth round of battles. You are soon standing at the edge of a wide square etched into the hard earth opposite your opponent. The master of arms raises his hands high above his head and a chorus of horns sound from all around the arena signalling the start of the round. With the war of the arena crowd echoing your head, you move into the etched square prepared to face your opponent in combat. Your fourth round opponent is a Wysorlian swordsman. His red-haired warrior wears a fitted suit of chain This red-haired warrior wears a fitted suit of chainmail and wields a shimmering longsword. 
is a wide look in his eyes. It seems to identify as he draws towards you. Let's give the folks a show, eh, friend? He laughs as he moves to strike. Wysilian swordsman, begin combat. The swordsman strikes you with the flat of his blade. And is defeated. 68 XP. The crowd cheers as you tower over the fallen form of the Wysilian swordsman. After taking a gracious bow to the arena spectators, you reach down and help him to his feet. In a show of mutual respect, the two of you meet in a shoulder cross. With the roar of the crowd echoing in your head, your opponent, you and your opponent move off the field of battle. I am healed again, but the West does not last long, for it is soon time to begin the fifth round of the tournament. Of the field of 64 original contestants, only four remain. Looking over the remaining contestants, you see a group of battle-hardened souls who are now determined more than ever to see themselves through to victory in this test of arms. Twin Keep's Master of Arms again pairs you off for the next round of the tournament. The crowd gathered in the arena of blades erupts in cheers as you and your remaining... Contestants walk to the middle of the tournament field to begin the fifth round of battles. You are soon standing at the edge of the square, etched into the hard earth opposite your opponent. The master of arms raises his hands high above his head and a chorus of horns sound from all around the arena, signalling the start of the round. With the roar of the arena crowd echoing your head, you move into the etched square prepared to face your opponent in combat. Your fifth round opponent is a man who hails from Charna. His face is mostly concealed beneath the hood of his grey cloak. Although you are still able to make out a pair of eyes watching your every move. The man draws a short sword and moves towards you. This is a hooded man. He is all mysterious. Uh, hooded man strikes at you with the flat of his blade. And is defeated. A hundred and thirty-two experience. The crowd cheers as you tower over the fallen form of the hooded man. To taking a gracious bow to the arena spectators, you reach down and help him to his feet. In a show of mutual respect, the two of you meet in a shoulder cross. The roar of the crowd is deafening as you and your opponent meet, move off the field of battle. The final battle of the tournament is next, and the excitement of your spectators has reached a fever pitch. Oh, uh, yes. Who are they rooting for? As you rest and prepare for the next round of tournaments, your wounds of fatigue are tended to by a skilled healer in the service of Thane Porrand. Your rest does not last long, however, for it is soon time to begin the sixth and final round of the tournament. Of the 64 original contestants, only two remain. The clamour of the arena crowd is deafening as you and the only remaining competitor make their way onto the field of battle. It's all come down to this one last fight. You are soon standing at the edge of a wide square etched into the hard earth opposite your opponent. 
the master of arms raises his hands high above his head, and a chorus of sort horns sound from all around the arena, signaling the start of the final battle. With the roar of the arena crowd echoing your head, you move into the etched square, prepared to face your opponent in combat. The final battle of the tournament is between you and a rugged-looking man from Twithick, outfitted in soft leather armour and wielding a short sword. His unshaven face bears many scars, and you notice he walks with a discernible limp. Still, like you, he has made it to the final battle of the tournament, and you are certain that his skill with his blade will prove a suitable challenge. Ooh, grey combat difficulty. It's a rugged swordsman. And non-lethal combat, of course. Thane would be very disappointed in us if everyone got killed. The expert, the swordsman, strikes you with expert precision. Oh, and oh, the fir- you're the first one to get a blow in. All right, but stab, but a a gentle stab, with the pommel, with the pommel, pommel stab, pommel stab, uh, or something like that. You have defeated your foe. 261 experience. That is a large number. The crowd cheers as you tower over the fallen form of the rugged swordsman. After taking a gracious brow to the arena spectators, you reach down and help him to his feet. In a show of mutual respect, the two of you meet meeting the shoulder cross. The war of the crowd is deafening as they play tribute to the arena tournament champion. Twin Keeps Master of Arms arrives on the field and congratulates you and the rugged swordsman on an astounding display of steel. skill. While you wait with the Master of Arms for Thane Porrind and his armed escort to make their way out onto the field, the rugged swordsman bids you farewell and departs. 128 experience to general. Thane Porrind arrives on the field of battle, surrounded by his contingent of guards. The yellow-bearded Thane smiles warmly and bows to you before you. Thanks you for a skillful and courageous display of combat prowess that holds aloft your hand in a show of triumph, much to the delight of the warring crowd. Thane Poen flashes you a wide, knowing smile and shakes his head. The All-Father has seen fit to deliver to us a true champion this day, he says. A lengthy ceremony is held, during which the Thane presents you with the object that was eagerly sought by all the tournament's competitors. The Gold Cup, with a ruby-studded whim. This Cup is one of the few remaining pieces of the Horde of Zaphiel, says the Thane proudly. Take it now, Sir Croakingham, and may it afford you a better end than the dragon beneath those talons it once rested. I now have the Gold Cup of Zaphiel. This splendid... It's got an encumbrance of fourteen! Fourteen! It's a really big... Really heavy cup. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could probably bathe in it. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what I'll do. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll just fill the cup. I'll just take this cup, fill it with the most expensive wine I could find, and then bathe in it. You know, maximum luxury. Ah, yes. This splendid gold cup has a ruby-studded whim. This cup was presented to you by Thane Porrent for your victory in his tournament of arms. The Thane told you it came from the horde of the dragon Zaphiel. And there's a bit of explanation about who Zaphiel is. A marauding dust dragon who took up residence in the forests of northwest Tysa. Zaphiel was slain by a dragon hunting expedition led by Thane Poland of Telsa. Oh, he's done everything, hasn't he? <laughs> By law, the treasure hoard that was discovered in the Dust Dragon's lair was to become property of Tysa's king, King Wenwold. Though a long-sided rumour has it that the Porrent hunting party presented the king with only a small portion of the actual hoard. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand why the king would pass that law, but... There's pretty much no way to actually enforce it. <laughs> yeah, there's no way, because you can't, <laughs> because you can't, because dragons don't like people, don't, don't like, you know, little civil service, county tax people guys to, you know, to sit on their hoard and go, yes, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. yes, analysing this, going by current market prices, Prices making a slight deduction for the for the for for market flooding. Your hoard will be valued at valued at fifth at fifteen million five hundred twenty five thousand four hundred twenty nine gold. So if anyone slays you, they should expect to have to contribute that much to the treasury. <laughs> yeah, I don't think a dragon would stand for that. Um, also, they just found a new dragon. How would they even know? How would the king know if you just went to the middle of nowhere, slew a dragon? I mean, you'd be suspicious if you turned up with a lot of gold. So oh, it wasn't a dragon. It was a troll. He's like, Ugh, well, if it's a troll, wait a minute, trolls don't hoard gold. Oh, no, I don't mean a scroll. Oh, so uh, 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 an ancient... Tomb. Lots of skeletons. Nasty business. Definitely not a dragon. <laughs> and we continue. You make your way off the field with Thane Point, surrounded by a contingent of guards that protect a man who is himself an accomplished warrior. Well, he helps slay a dragon. Yeah. Oh, I'd sure like to see him when he was in the field. I'm not I'm saying in the prime, because he's probably still in his prime. He's just stuck in politics, <laughs> which is not as fun as killing dragons. When you reach the edge of the field, the thane suddenly pulls you aside and speaks to you in a hushed tone out of earshot of anyone standing nearby. Suppose the whole premise of my tournament has been for naught, he says, smiling. Not hope to find another. T- I had hoped to find another champion today, but it is no large matter. I simply have to make certain to call on you twice as often. 
Well done, sir. Well done this day, Sir Crokington. Your skill never ceases to amaze me. Dame Porn bids you farewell before moving off in the company of his guards. You watch as he departs before making your way out of the arena and into the city streets. Yeah. So you get a, this this game, this quest adventure. It plays out slightly differently depending on whether you've already helped the Thane by doing the Secret of Stoneback Hill, or you haven't. And that's some good writing, a spec of rewriting to be precise, because this is section number sixteen hundred and eighty-one. Which was before Stoneback Hill. Yeah, so you had to realize, Oh, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute, he can't make you his champion if he's already set you off to Stoneback Hill. Oh, I'll have to put in some if statements. New dialogue. Yeah, that's some good work. Good work, good work, Matt. Alright, uh, and there we go. That... Well, we've well we've passed we've well passed the hour mark. So next time, next time, what shall we do next time? Hmm. Let's see. Yeah, maybe we could join the Silver Quest. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, or it might end up being something else. Or it might end up being not Sir Crokington at all. But anyway, until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.